Are you ready to be transported back to 1800s high society London? Because season three of Bridgerton is now playing only on Netflix. This season follows the story of the Tons resident wallflower, Penelope Featherington, as she undergoes a journey of self-discovery and empowerment where we see her truly blossom. Penn's emotional transformation takes centre stage as her friendship with the charming Colin Bridgerton evolves into something more. For those not yet acquainted, Colin, the charming younger brother of the Bridgerton family, is about to turn Penelope's world upside down. Mm, This is the ultimate good friends to lovers story. From those initial butterflies to when both parties realise there might be something more between them, watch Bridgerton Season 3, now playing only on Netflix. May's moment that changed pop culture forever. Miley Cyrus up on stage gyrating with Robin Thicke. Only one person was missing from the audience that night. Her fiancé, Liam Hemsworth. Welcome to Scandal from Shameless Podcast, the stories of the biggest celebrity controversies revisited. Hello, Zara McDonald. Hello, Michelle Andrews. We are up to part three and I tell you, there is still so much to go. I know. This could have been 30 parts, really. Let's talk about what we covered in episode two because when it comes to the life of Miley Cyrus, there is a lot to cover. Yeah. Oh, my God. So much. So last episode, we chatted quite a lot about Perez Hilton's gross reporting of a teenage Miley as what he called slutty Cyrus. Mm. We also had a conversation, Mish, about her controversial transition from child star to adult sex symbol that a lot of people found a bit clunky. Yeah, a bit jarring for sure. We also really covered Billy Ray Cyrus's slightly selfish or very selfish behaviour when Miley was going through that transition and how he maybe publicly shirked his responsibility to her as a father and not just once, multiple times. Yeah, exactly. There was, of course, then that bong video, her losing her Hotel Transylvania gig to Selena Gomez, hiring Larry Rudolph, who was Britney Spears' manager, and then, of course, her engagement to Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, not to mention the bizarre cheating rumours involving Gossip Girl's Ed Westwick and, of course, last but not least, that infamous VMA's performance with Robin Thicke where Miley was up on stage gyrating, she had a foam finger, a latex bikini. There was a lot going on and there was a lot going out of her mouth, most particularly her tongue. There was a lot going out of her <laughs> mouth. I was like, where is this sentence landing? It didn't quite land, but I'll leave it with you. I was about to say, did that work? No. <laughs> it probably didn't, but onwards. <laughs> onwards. And of course, as we've mentioned already, the fact that Liam Hemsworth was not in the audience that night. So... Let's head right back there to August 2013. All right, Zara, we've said it once, we've said it twice. Liam Hemsworth, Miley Cyrus's fiance, was not in attendance when she gave that controversial 2013 VMA's performance. A source reportedly told E! News that Liam was, and I quote, embarrassed and shocked by Miley's performance and behaviour on the stage. Another source said he was mortified. I feel quite conflicted about these reports because, spoiler alert, they did split soon after this performance, right? But it felt very much like these unconfirmed tabloid reports were very much playing into a dynamic where a woman cannot be sexy in any way, shape or form, especially if she has a partner. Like there's this sense of purity to it and that he has to simply be embarrassed. Interesting. Look, I... I agree with you in one part. I agree that the performance was partly sexy. I think the performance was mostly shocking, though, and bizarre. It was supposed to get eyeballs and attention. If Liam didn't like it, is that because he was uncomfortable with his partner being sexy or because he was uncomfortable with his partner being that outlandish in front of that many people? Yeah. I guess the other thought I have is, like, if that is your partner and you know that this is their career, surely at most points you're meant to be the one that supports them rather than having sources go unconfirmed behind everybody's back and speak like this. Now, it wasn't all bad news for Miley because Forbes reported a week after her VMA's performance that in Miley's case, all publicity kind of was good publicity. This is a passage from a piece they wrote at the time. 
According to data outfit Music Metric, the former Hannah Montana star has seen a 112% rise in activity over the week before, adding 226,000 new Facebook fans and 213,000 new Twitter followers from August 24 to August 28. Over the same period, Thick only saw a bump of 101,000 Facebook fans and 46,000 Twitter followers. Suck on that, Robin Thick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Despite all that, on September 12, some two and a half weeks, just two and a half weeks after that VMA's performance, Us Weekly reported a rumour that Liam Hemsworth had been sexting Mad Men star January Jones. Really random story, this one. So his representatives were quick to call this like an entirely fabricated story. But what is interesting is there had previously been reports in March that they had gotten cosy, cosy. as the tabloids say, at a pre-Oscars party. So it's not the first time that January Jones and Liam Hemsworth had found themselves in headlines together. Bit of a random combo. And it does make me think for them to keep popping up in headlines together, was there something there? Yeah. And then my mind kind of thinks, well, we've got some unnamed sources. If we're really going for gold star journalism, is this something that we take seriously? Typically, I would say no, discard it. It doesn't mean that much. It doesn't hold that much weight. But then just two days after that report on September 14, Miley unfollowed Liam on Twitter. And then two days after that, People Magazine confirmed the rumours. Miley and Liam had broken off their engagement. Yeah, the piece read, it's officially over. Reps for both Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth confirmed to People exclusively that the engagement is off between the two stars. Now, we never quite got clarity, Mitch, on the reasons for the breakup. But over the years, we have got some quotes from Miley hinting in a more general sense why ending it was the right call. Much later, she actually did an interview on Howard Stern where she said, I had to. I don't like when relationships are two halves trying to make a whole. So I don't think that I have that codependency. I think if you're growing up attached to another person, you never really get solid as your own being. Yeah. Interestingly, years after the relationship with Liam properly ended, Miley tweeted that she had, and I quote, fucked up and cheated in relationships when I was young. That does make us wonder, given Liam was really that omnipresent person throughout Miley Cyrus's life, particularly when she was young, was she referring to a relationship with Liam where she was unfaithful or was she referring to other relationships that maybe we didn't know as much about? Yeah, it's a hard one because naturally everybody's going to think it's Liam and she knows that. Mm. She knows that too. Yeah. After the breakup, Liam was actually asked by Men's Fitness whether he had, and I quote, dodged a bullet when the relationship ended. Yuck. Hate the question. Don't mind his answer. He said this, you fall in love with who you fall in love with. You can never choose. I guess some people just come with a little more baggage. I mean, look, we were together five years, so I don't think those feelings will ever change. And that's good because that proves to me that it was real. It wasn't just a fling. It really was an important part of my life and always will be. She's a free spirit. I think she will always surprise people with what she does, but she is not a malicious person in any way. She is a young girl who wants to do what she wants to do. I actually quite like that response from Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, I don't mind it either. I think it's probably fair and true. It's like, yeah, she will keep surprising people. He's not denying that she is having a bit of a moment in the news, but he's saying that's just her. Yeah. And he really did know her back to front because after calling her a free spirit, she actually landed her first ever cover with Rolling Stone. And the piece that she did with them involved her getting a tattoo with the words Rolling Stone on her feet as well as going skydiving. So she spoke quite a lot about drugs in this interview as well. Of her relationship with weed, she said, I think weed is the best drug on earth. Hollywood is a coke town, but weed is so much better. And Molly too. Those are happy drugs, social drugs. They make you want to be with friends. You're out in the open. You're not in a bathroom. I really don't like coke. It's so gross and dark. It's like, what are you, from the 90s? Ew. (laughs) A lot going on there. To be honest, a lot going on in this whole piece. Like we will put a link to this piece in the show notes because it is a really interesting read. As you said, Mish, it opens with her getting tattoos on her foot for the purpose of the piece. They go skydiving. The whole sort of aura of, of the piece is very much like Miley Cyrus is a wild child and she's leaning into that. Like that's what she wants the journalist to know. Yeah. She also mentioned in this piece that her relationship with her dad was actually much better than it had been in her late teen years. She said, we have a different relationship now. Now I hear all these crazy stories from him. Like I never knew my dad smoked weed. I thought my dad was a freak. Now 
now I know he was just stoned. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of references to drugs, but particularly weed in this piece. A lot of a lot going on. Now, not long after that Rolling Stone profile piece was published, Miley released her album Bangers. That was Bangers with a Z for those who have forgotten. <laughs> the album topped the Billboard Albums chart, selling 270,000 copies in its first week. A few days later, though, Sinead O'Connor, yes, the Irish singer-songwriter who is best known, I would say, for her song Nothing Compares to You, penned a 1,000-word open letter on her blog addressing Miley and warning her of the music industry. Sinead wrote, I'm extremely concerned for you that those around you have led you to believe or encouraged you in your own belief that it is any way cool to be naked and licking sledgehammers in your videos. It is in fact the case that you will obscure your talent by allowing yourself to be pimped, whether it's the music business or yourself doing the pimping. Yeah, she went on saying that it was written in the spirit of motherliness and with love and pleaded with Miley to reconsider her career trajectory in the run-up to this Bangers album launch, suggesting that the people around her will, and I quote, prostitute you for all you are worth. She said... I repeat, you have enough talent that you don't need to let the music business make a prostitute of you. You shouldn't let them make a fool of you either. Don't think for a moment that any of them give a flying fuck about you. They're there for the money. We're there for the music. It has always been that way and it always will be that way. The sooner a young lady gets to know that, the sooner she can be really in control. Do we think Sinead O'Connor's key concern was Miley Cyrus if she felt the need to make this public? No, because if her real key concern was Miley Cyrus, you'd go and set up a meeting with her privately as a mentor. You call her. Yeah, absolutely. You find a way. If you're Sinead O'Connor, you can find a way to contact Miley Cyrus and talk to her about this. Call the text message. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. According to the BBC, Miley responded on Twitter, and we need to be clear, these tweets have since been deleted, so we need to operate on news reports at the time. According to that newspaper, Miley wrote top of the morning to ya while sharing a snippet from that open letter. She then referred to Sinead O'Connor's history of mental health health problems by resharing an old tweet that Sinead had reportedly posted where she asked her followers to recommend a psychiatrist. Miley reportedly also captioned the screenshot, before Amanda Bynes, there was dot, dot, dot. In another tweet, she wrote, I don't have time to write you an open letter because I'm hosting and performing on SNL this week. Yeah. Around this time of her life, the headlines really kept coming with Miley's name in them, largely because she was asking for them, to be totally honest with you. A month later, in November 2013, when she accepted the Best Video Award at the 2013 MTV Europe Music Awards, Miley made headlines again after she smoked what appeared to be a joint on stage. Now, it was removed from the delayed broadcast of the show in the United States. Now, Miley said that she didn't plan for the moment to make headlines. She said, I was just walking out of my room and then I was like, oh, I have this in my bag. That will be really funny. I just did it mostly because I knew the fans in Amsterdam would love it and they started going crazy when I did it. But I don't really care what the media says because I don't Google myself, so I don't know what they say and I don't care. Yeah, all of this 2013 controversy meant that Miley was being spoken about constantly. So much so that when Time magazine announced their person of the year, which is the gong for the person who supposedly influenced the news cycle for better or for worse, the most in a single year, Miley Cyrus came in third. She was actually beaten out by the Pope. I was pretty blown away with this because person of the year, Time's person of the year is a huge deal. And I know she didn't win it. She was, as we said, beaten by the Pope. But the list of finalists around her is a pretty remarkable group of people. It was like uh, Jeff Bezos, like all politi- a lot of politicians as well. Yeah. And for her to be on that list, I think I remember her being everywhere this year, Yeah. but I don't remember it being this big. Well, yeah, this list was politicians. There were terrorists listed. The Pope, Miley was the only celebrity. So for her to cut through and make this list as the person who influenced the news cycle the most tells you how scandalous 2013 was for her. Yeah, absolutely. So Miley lives her single life for a little while after Liam Hemsworth and the first whispers we have of a post-Liam relationship actually came in October 2014, a whole year after Mm. their split. Now, after being spotted together on Halloween, reports emerged that she was dating the actor Patrick Schwarzenegger, the son of Arnie. 
Do you remember this? You don't really remember this, no. do you? When we were researching for this, you turned to me and said, oh my God, I thought these two were together longer than they actually were. And I was like, I forgot these two were even a thing. I remember this so well because this was so, I felt like it was a very public relationship that was everywhere for a really short amount of time. With hindsight, it only lasted for about six months. But at this point in time, Miley was only 22. 22. And he was 21. Crazy. Now, apparently Patrick had said he was interested interested in Miley three years earlier in 2011 when he told Details magazine that even though he was tweeting Kendall Jenner and Selena Gomez at the time, tweeting them, tweeting them, Miley was always his first celebrity crush. He said, my eye though is set on Miley. By March, they were also dogged by cheating rumours after Schwarzenegger was pictured with a mystery gal. A mystery gal. While on spring break in Mexico. I mean, this is a relatively pedestrian um, yes. cheating rumour. It's not another celebrity. <laughs> he had to tweet and deny that he was ever cheating on her saying, OMG, it's one of my best friend's girlfriends, would never do anything against my girlfriend. Girls have guy friends and guys have friends that are girls. <laughs> Alas, they did break up a month later. Yeah. Take was, from that what you will. It was a fleeting love affair, Miley and Patrick. It was a fleeting one, but I kind of <laughs> loved it. Now, it was around this time in her life that Miley Cyrus became really quite open with the media about her gender identity and her sexuality. In June 2015, Miley told Paper Magazine that she actually considered her gender and sexuality to be fluid. She said, I am literally open to every single thing that is consenting and doesn't involve an animal and everyone is of age. Everything that's legal, I'm down with. Yo, I'm down with any adult, anyone over the age of 18 who is down to love me. I don't relate to being boy or girl and I don't have to have my partner relate to boy or girl. Yeah, she also recalled the conversation she had with her mother, Tish, about her sexuality at the age of about 14. She said, I remember telling her I admire women in a different way and she asked me what that meant. And I said, I love them. I love them like I love boys. And it was so hard for her to understand. A month after this interview, Mish, a paparazzo filmed and photographed Miley making out and... Being a little more, like a little more than making out, shall we say. Yeah, let's say getting a bit intimate with Victoria's <laughs> Secret model, Stella Maxwell. Yeah, so these two were rumoured to be dating, but it also didn't last long after that video came out because by August, Miley was doing an interview with Elle magazine where she said two things. First of all was that she was single, she was not connected or committed to anyone, and secondly, that she was pansexual. Now, to Miley Cyrus's credit, I think I first came across the concept of pansexuality because of her. We've got to remember, this was almost seven years ago. We had heard, of course, about bisexuality, but pansexuality was really relatively unknown back then. Yeah, I totally agree. She told the magazine, I'm very open about it. I'm pansexual, but I'm not in a relationship. I'm 22. I'm going on dates, but I change my style every two weeks, let alone who I'm with. Now, I really just want to hone in on one thing for a second. We are two and a half episodes through the scandals of Miley Cyrus's life mm. and she is 22. Yeah. Like it is insane to me that all of this was happening while she was so young. And I, I know we say that a lot through these episodes, but I just, I, I guess I forget how young she was when she was going through all of these massive changes. Yeah, well, whenever we do these series, I'm kind of trying to contextualise people's age within like the people I know in my life. And she's younger than my little brother I when all this is happening. Because yeah. your, your younger sibling is always like the youngest person in the world to you. And I've got to say, shout out to Tom if you're listening. You are very mature for your age, but it's just insane to think someone this young with this little life experience is being thrust on a global stage continuously. Yeah, absolutely. In August, Miley released what was arguably her most experimental album to date. It was titled Miley Cyrus and Her Dead Pets. Pets, of course, with a Z because it wouldn't be a Miley Cyrus <laughs> album without one. It was the brand. It was the brand. The free 23-track album was actually written and recorded outside of her record label, which is pretty rare that yeah. a record label will let an artist just go off and do their own thing, meaning it was released independently at the start <laughs> on SoundCloud. The song titles were fascinating. We had Space Boots with, with a Z, <laughs> Milky Milky Milk and a 50-second interlude called Fucking Fucked Up. Yeah. According to Pitchforks, Dead Pets was the definition of a vanity project, an indulgent collection of experiments that exist for no other reason than because they can. So sure, this thing was long and some experts did say it was a slog to get through. 
But this was really quintessential Miley doing quintessential Miley. She was creating her own music and it was on her own terms. And we've got to say, on the whole, she copped a bit of respect for this. Yeah, I would argue I read so many reviews for this album to try and get a sense of how it was received. And I would argue this album is at least looked back on with some level of artistic respect. Like take this from Billboard who wrote four years after its release. Dead Pets obliterated the mould altogether and not just in terms of its sonic kink. Miley famously released the project outside of her multi-album contract with RCA Records, which did not contribute to the budget, allowing the singer to do her thing on the side in a rare, nearly unprecedented move for a major label. And Miley did it alone for free, a bold and potentially lethal move for any artist today, let alone a pop star in 2015. It's pretty true. I mean, it's not like she was really trying to make a whole lot of money off this. This was Miley really trying to kind of hone in on the music. Yeah, for sure. At the end of August, some two years after Miley's infamous VMAs performance with Robin Thicke, she actually got the all-important gong of hosting the awards show. So her outfits were absolutely insane. If you guys don't remember, Miley did about six or seven costume changes across the night and really kind of nailed... If there was a Venn diagram of like Lady Gaga, Katy Perry, and I don't know, maybe lingerie, Miley Cyrus <laughs> nailed it in the very middle of that Venn diagram. Yeah, the costumes were incredibly colourful, but also incredibly outrageous. And there was a lot going on. But they were as outlandish as they were controversial, Mish. In one particular outfit worn on the red carpet before the show, Miley wore silver suspenders, uh, like a bejeweled, barely there skirt and big dreadlocks, prompting people like Chance the Rapper to call her out on Twitter once again for cultural appropriation. There was one tweet by user T Richards, which was retweeted two and a half thousand times, which read, Miley Cyrus's hair is fine, but when Zendaya wore dreadlocks, it was said that they probably smelled like weed. Now, that tweet is, of course, referencing when then E! News anchor Juliana Rancic said Zendaya's hair looked like she smells like patchouli oil and weed at the 2015 Oscars. And and everybody was, of course, pointing out that incredible and troubling double standard. Yeah. The issue is complicated as well by the fact that Miley had, over her career, appropriated black culture. You guys might remember this from episode two when we touched on it, but she was pretty roundly accused of appropriating black hip-hop culture in her 2013 VMAs performance. So there was a bit of a history developing here. While we're here as well, Twitter and Facebook weren't the only places that Miley was copying criticism for the 2015 VMAs. She actually got put in her place while she was up on stage hosting as well. But to tell you this particular story, we need to kind of pull out threads from our Taylor Swift scandal series, Zara. Yeah, we need to tell you or remind you of another story. So in 2015, if you've listened to our Taylor Swift series, you might remember that when Nicki Minaj's Anaconda didn't get nominated for Video of the Year at the 2015 VMA, she took to Twitter pointing out, if your video celebrates women with very slim bodies, you will be nominated for Video of the Year. Now, of course, Taylor Swift, whose Bad Blood video was nominated for Video of the Year, took this quite personally rather than understanding the important sort of more broad point that Nicki Minaj was making about race, representation and inclusion. So Taylor Swift replied, Nicki Minaj, I've done nothing but love and support you. It's unlike you to pit women Mm. against each other. Maybe one of the men took your spot. Yeah. So what does Miley have to do with this? Well, because she was hosting the VMAs, she did an interview with the New York Times, kind of like a back and forth Q&A. And naturally, they wanted to kind of get more juice out of the scandal and ask for Miley's take on the interaction between Taylor and Nikki. So the interviewer from the New York Times asked Miley Cyrus, what do you make of the Nicki Minaj controversy around the VMAs, that she was upset Anaconda wasn't nominated for Video of the Year? Miley responded, I saw that. I didn't really get into it. I know there was some beef. I don't really know. There's a way to talk to people. If you do things with an open heart and you come at things with love, you would be heard and I would respect your statement. But I don't respect your statement because of the anger that came with it. And it's not anger like, guys, I'm frustrated about some things that are a bigger issue. You made it about you. Not to sound like a bitch, but it's like, eh, I didn't get my VMA. 
She went on, if you want to make it about race, there's a way you could do that. But don't make it just about yourself. Say, this is the reason why I think it's important to be nominated. There's girls everywhere with this body type. Which the journalist interrupted and kind of said, I think she did say that. And then Miley came back very quickly with what I read sounded very Nicki Minaj, which if you know Nicki Minaj is not too kind. It's not very polite. Now, there is a wealth of problems in, yeah. in these lines, not least because she's like completely tone policing Nicki Minaj, but also just completely seemingly misunderstanding the whole point of Nicki Minaj's tweet. Yeah, it's a white woman gatekeeping what our conversations like race and racism and inclusion should look like. Like and telling a black like. woman like you can bring it up, but not in the way that you brought it up with us. I find yeah. that offensive. Exactly. So you can imagine then how big the story got when Nicki Minaj won the VMA for best hip hop video and during her acceptance speech. Now infamously said this. And now, back to this bitch that had a lot to say about me the other day in the press. Miley, what's good? My goodness. Uh, The funny thing about this is you can see Miley Cyrus go to respond. Like as Nikki is launching into that kind of barb towards Miley Cyrus. The camera's on Miley and she's trying to speak, but clearly the the AV team in the background have switched her mic off, which they do. Like if you're not on the camera at that point, AV tends to turn your mic off so there's not like background noise, feedback, whatever. Miley's trying to speak back, but she's literally silenced while Nikki has her piece, which is kind of like, I don't know, maybe a bit symbolic given that she was trying to tone police Nikki, but Nikki actually got a chance in front of everyone to tell her exactly what she thought about that moment. Yeah, exactly. And this was a massive story. Like, I feel like that kind of line from Nicki Minaj became quite iconic. Yeah. Right? Mish, we are going to get to so much more of this time in Miley's life, but not least because Liam Hemsworth <laughs> now comes back into the picture again. But first, we need to hear from today's sponsor. All right, Zara, we're in November 2015, and that's when we actually first began hearing hints that maybe Miley and Liam were getting back together. Now, this had been two years since they publicly announced that they had split, and randomly whispers that they were back on came from a pet rescue centre who posted (laughs) a photo of Liam with his new dog and tagged Miley in the caption. They wrote, thanks at Miley Cyrus for loving dogs as much as we do. You helped find this gigantic six-month-old puppy a new home. At Liam Hemsworth, you will give this deserving baby a great life. Yeah, so naturally everyone was like... Are they friends? Are they dating? And in January 2016, Miley was spotted hanging out with Chris Hemsworth's wife, Elsa Pataki, and was seen wearing the engagement ring that Liam had given her in 2012. So they were seen hanging out in Australia. In Australia. I'm so glad Australia gets a little mention here. (laughs) And then later that month, People magazine reported that, yes, the couple were back together and engaged again. Yeah, Liam confirmed their relationship in May that year. When asked about his relationship status by GQ Australia, he quite cleverly replied, people will figure it out. They already have. They're not dumb. I I kind of (laughs) like that too. It's like you don't need me to tell you what's going on. You guys worked it out yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Now in 2017, on the cusp of American summer, Miley released her first publicly confirmed love song about Liam called Malibu. The song was off her upcoming album Younger Now and ahead of its release, she talked to Billboard about the meaning behind the song. Yeah, she talked about their breakup and said it was necessary at the time because they needed to change so much. She said we had to re-fall for each other. She also said she had moved into Liam's property in Malibu where they lived with seven dogs, two pigs and two miniature horses. Seven dogs is so No, never enough. I would love to have seven dogs. It also represented like a new iteration of Miley yet again, which definitely does remind me a little bit, Mish, of that famous Taylor Swift quote about how female musicians need to constantly reinvent themselves. Mm. Malibu and Younger Now felt like... Miley was entering maybe like a more peaceful, quieter space. Her hair had started to grow out. 
again. And I feel like the media at least has spent years trying to have conversations about where Marley's at in conjunction with where her hair is at, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this was abundantly obvious even at the time. I mean, take this passage from E! News' coverage of this era. They wrote, this is a softer side of a singer who for several years projected an image that was anything but soft. Gone are the nipple pasties, naked wrecking ball riding and that infamous masturbating foam finger from the 2013 VMAs. Instead, we now see a turtleneck sweater, floating balloons and the manicured fingers of a 24-year-old pop star who has reinvented herself by going back to the mainstream roots that made her a Disney darling in the mid to late 2000s. Miley even used this time to publicly distance herself from the recreational drug use that she so desperately wanted to tell us about just a couple of years before. She said, this is crazy, but I haven't smoked weed in three weeks. I like to surround myself with people that make me want to get better, more evolved, open. I want to be super clear and sharp because I know exactly where I want to be. No matter what way you cut it, I guess, this was an incredibly intentional move. When Miley sat down with Harper's Bizarre foray profile, she made a real point of saying that her bangers era feels like another lifetime and explaining that she's in a state of transition. This Harper's Bizarre piece is really interesting because it's like dripping in this new Miley sentiment. The images include her lying down on a literal heart of roses, joyfully wrapping her arms around herself while adorned in a Versace top and a skirt emblazoned with the word love. Now, knowing the Miley that we know today, Mm. or Miley that's nearly 30, this really does feel a bit at odds with who I think she actually is. Like it feels like a real sort of sweetening of who she is. She's trying to sort of rub out those edgy bits. Yeah, well, it's so interesting. I mean, for someone who came into the public eye for playing a dual personality, for playing Hannah Montana and Miley, she kind of carried that on long after Hannah Montana finished. When she was with Liam, she was this sweet, wholesome, dove-like girl. And then when she wasn't with Liam, she was a rock chick party girl and it felt like there was never really a meshing of the two. It was one or the other. She also said in that Harper's Bazaar piece, I feel really kind of far away from that person I was. I just want people to see that this is who I am now. It's like she's stuck. She's flipping between two completely different personas, two different identities. She never wants to land in the middle, which is very interesting to go back and observe. Yeah, absolutely. There were some fascinating analysis on this shift that came in the New Yorker where Amanda Petrusic wrote, Cyrus's arc, she was a fairly innocent kid who enjoyed a wild period in her early 20s and now that she's about to become someone's wife, she's settling down, finding a new way to be or act virtuous is culturally ingrained. Everyone seems to agree that this is an acceptable path forward and that is what's so troubling about it. I think one thing I noticed as we were doing the research for this is generally I would argue Miley had a certain look to her when she was with Liam Hemsworth and it was when she was out of that relationship or towards the end of that relationship that she was trying to kind of mix things up and sort of play with her identity. And I don't think I've come across a celebrity, and I'm sure we'll talk about this at the end of the episode when we really look back properly, that's had such a public struggle with who they are. But it is really obvious that when she's with Liam, she sort of does try as hard as she possibly can to, I guess, quote unquote, conform to what she thinks we want and what she thinks we need and then can't last very long doing it because perhaps it's not authentic to her. For sure. And it was amidst this rebrand that she went quite quiet as well. Most of the headlines about her during this time really only document what Miley was wearing, where she and Liam were heading out on dates, that kind of like scandal controversy element to her career that had made her so hotly talked about for the previous five years dissipated. And by the time we had fast forwarded to November 2018, we hadn't heard from her much. And then she hit headlines because she and Liam's home had been engulfed in the California bushfires. Yeah, it had been completely destroyed in the blaze. The week of the fires, Miley tweeted, completely devastated by the fires affecting my community. I am one of the lucky ones. My animals and the love of my life made it out safely and that's all that matters right now. My house no longer stands, but the memories shared with family and friends stand strong. 
A month later, Miley spoke to the Howard Stern Show about the ordeal and how she had never loved Liam more than for what he did during the bushfires. She said, I call him my survival partner now. He thinks it's not romantic, but I learned that it is. It's why you pair up with someone for survival. He was so incredible. He got all the animals out in his truck. He put two pigs in crates, which I can tell you is so hard. Liam got a lot of action from me for saving the animals. <laughs> there was an, There definitely appears to be an intensity about their relationship that came from the bushfires. Yeah, for sure. She would later tell Vanity Fair, when you experience what we experience together with someone, it's like glue. You're the only two people in the world who can understand. Now, just a month after the bushfires, Miley and Liam actually married in their Franklin, Tennessee home. It was the 23rd of December, so Miley's 26th birthday, and Liam was 28. Yeah, Miley and Liam confirmed the wedding by each posting two photos a few days later. One showed Miley wearing like an off-the-shoulder Vivian Westwood gown, embracing Liam in what looked like their living room. Now, apparently they had planned to get married in Malibu, according to People magazine, but they had to change their plans after their home was destroyed in the bushfires. So based on all the photos on social media, there looked to be like this pastel mish balloon archway mm. at the entrance of the room, a huge white floral display near the fireplace, a Christmas tree and two long tables decorated with string lights. At one point, they apparently danced to Uptown Funk, <laughs> which seems like a really unnecessary detail <laughs> to include now that I've said it. It looks like a really lovely really low-key wedding. Really wholesome wedding. Miley told Vanity Fair, it actually is kind of out of character for me. She also said that they were trying to redefine what it meant to be married. She said the reason that people get married sometimes can be old-fashioned, but I think the reason we got married isn't old-fashioned. I actually think it's kind of new age. We're redefining, to be fucking frank, what it looks like for someone that's a queer person like myself to be in a hetero relationship. Perhaps I'm reading into it, but to have that line, we're redefining, to be fucking frank, what a marriage dynamic means. Is she hinting that maybe this was an open marriage? Yeah, there's something there for sure. She is really trying to tell the world that like, yes, I am married, but no, I am not doing this in a way that you all think that I am. Yeah. That's what I read into it. And so I think people can kind of form their own conclusions based off that sentiment. She elaborated a little more on this for Elle magazine in July saying, I am in a hetero relationship, but I am still very sexually attracted to women. People become vegetarian for health reasons, but bacon is still fucking good. And I know that I made a partner decision. This is the person I feel has my back the most. I definitely don't fit into a stereotypical wife role. I don't even like that word. In May, Liam spoke to GQ about the wedding and said, I was 18 when I met Miley. We really fell in love quickly and had a really strong connection from the beginning. And I think in the back of my head, I knew it was on the cards, but we weren't planning to have a wedding anytime soon. Then just going through something this emotional with someone, it brings you closer. And we felt like we'd lost a big part of our lives. So we wanted to make a new part of our lives. It was something really good coming out of a horrible situation. It was going to happen eventually, but I I think this just sped it up a bit. Yeah, again, points to that level of sort of, it felt like a real high in their relationship. A bit of an impulse. I think so. I think with that level of intensity, it almost was. Now, Miley and Liam continued to post pretty cute photos on social media for the first sort of five to six months of 2019, which is why it definitely raised some eyebrows when on August 10, 2019, Miley posted some Instagram photos of her living it up on vacation in Italy without her engagement or wedding rings. I remember this era, this oh couple goodness. of days so clearly. Later that day, People magazine got an exclusive Miley and Liam were done. Miley's rep said in a statement, Liam and Miley have agreed to separate at this time. Ever evolving, changing as partners and individuals, they have decided that this is what's best while they both focus on themselves and their careers. They still remain dedicated parents to all their animals they share while lovingly taking this time apart. In that original People magazine piece with hindsight, the journalist wrote a lot a about lot. Miley being on vacation with a woman called Caitlin Carter, the former wife of Brody Jenner. And Brody Jenner, of course, is the son of Caitlin Jenner. Mm. In fact, for an exclusive about Miley and Liam's marriage ending, people chose to dedicate three paragraphs to Miley and Caitlin's friendship and how they were wearing sexy swimsuits together. Which is unusual because typically, I mean, you and I have read countless 
couple separation announcements, particularly in People magazine. It is very strange for someone's name to be mentioned in a split announcement unless they have some kind of involvement in the dynamic. Yeah, I totally agree. But I don't think anyone would have read anything into it at the time. It's only with hindsight that you're able to because it does make sense given what People magazine surely knew was about to come out because, you see, the very same day news of the split hit the press, Entertainment Tonight News published exclusive photos of Miley and Caitlin kissing on a boat. It turned out these two friends, who've been friends for a couple of years, weren't just friends, they were now dating. Yeah, it all happened so quickly. So you get divorce announcement in one day, same day photos of Miley kissing someone who is not her husband come out. Now, doing the maths and kind of backtracking to how this all unfolded, it turns out the photos of Miley and Caitlin Carter kissing on that boat were taken on August 9. That is before the world knew that Miley and Liam were done. So it's pretty likely, kind of fitting this puzzle together, Miley and Liam were alerted that these photos existed, they were being shopped around, they were about to hit the press, and they needed to get their split out publicly before those photos landed. Because if those photos landed first, this was going to be the PR headache of a lifetime. Yeah, I think it was a bit of a PR headache for them, to be honest, but a little less of a headache than what it could have been. According to Caitlin Carter, she and Miley had been friends for three years before the relationship turned romantic. Now, in the days after the photos of them kissing were published, Entertainment Tonight reported that the foursome were all friends before the breakups. This is a quote from that piece. The four of them have spent time together in Malibu. Brody and Liam are both into surfing and are friends. So a funny dynamic for everyone. Yeah, well, we didn't even mention this, but to make matters more salacious, Caitlin Carter and Brody Jenner had only split the week prior. So this is two high-profile couples just announcing their splits and instantly having kind of a a couple switcheroo. A couple switcheroo is exactly (laughs) right. Liam broke his silence on the breakup a few days later on August 13, writing on Instagram, Hi all, just a quick note to say that Miley and I have recently separated and I wish her nothing but health and happiness going forward. This is a private matter and I have not made, nor will I be making, any comments to any journalist or media outlets. Any reported quotes attributed to me are false, peace and love. Miley herself addressed the fact that there were a bunch of rumours around their split and she posted a pretty long Twitter thread denying the claims the relationship ended because she had cheated on Liam with Caitlin Carter. She said, I can admit to a lot of things but I refuse to admit that my marriage ended because of cheating. Liam and I have been together for a decade. I've said it before and it remains true. I love Liam and always will. But at this point, I had to make a health decision for myself to leave a previous life behind. I'm the healthiest and happiest I've been in a long time. You can say I'm a twerking, pot-smoking, foul-mouthed hillbilly, but I am not a liar. I am proud to say I am simply in a different place from where I was when I was younger. Now, you might be asking yourself, what on earth happened between these two for them to go from such an intense, love-filled moment in December and January to then a very loud split in August? And while we don't have clear answers even now, we do have some clues, Zara. Yeah, clues were potentially given on August 16 when Miley released a surprise single. Its name was Slide Away. Now, this all happened incredibly quickly. Within maybe a week or so of this split being announced, suddenly we might have a single about the split because the lyrics went like this and it's really hard to read these out without having the (laughs) tune in your head but I'm not singing. Once upon a time it was paradise. Once upon a time I was paralysed. Think I'm going to miss these harbour lights but it's time to let it go. Once upon a time it was made for us. Woke up one day it had turned to dust. Baby we were found but now we're lost so it's time to let it go. I want my house in the hills. Don't want the whiskey and pills. I don't give up easily, but I don't think I'm down. Yeah, the image that Miley used to promote this new single on her Instagram account was of a swimming pool filled with pills and whiskey bottles. Now, naturally, this created speculation as to whether substance abuse caused a rift in the relationship. I mean, if you reread Miley's statement that she wrote about why they split, she mentions health multiple times. On this, a source said to People, Miley's song was her way of telling her story without having to say anything at all. She isn't trying to bash Liam, but she wants to be able to share what she's been going through. 
Okay, so Miley and Liam are done and she is with Caitlin Carter and how was that received, Mish? Well, I think it's always interesting when women come out as bi because I think generally we still reserve a level of scepticism that we don't reserve for many other people. Mm. This was certainly the case when it came to Miley and Caitlin. For one, we had Brody Jenner's The Hills co-star Brandon Thomas Lee saying to the media he thought the relationship was fake. He said, this whole thing is just so, I don't know, I didn't even want to get involved with it, but it just seems so fake to me. It's just like, why? They're obviously just messing with their two ex-husband and they're all friends. It just seems so ridiculous to me. Yeah. That aside, we know that this was a very public relationship. Miley and Kayla were like a moment. Like the photos of these two and their outfits and the overall vibe were borderline iconic. They were papped all over the place in September. They also attended the VMAs after party and New York Fashion Week together. There were even rumours that they'd moved in. Yeah, 100%. They were also super hot, which I don't don't know if this is relevant or not, but I think that was really why it was such a moment. They knew it was a big moment too, and they definitely played into it. However, by the end of September, some six weeks after we found out they were dating, reports emerged that they had split. A month after that, Caitlin Carter actually penned a really interesting and well worth reading op-ed for Elle magazine about her sexuality and her relationship with Miley. She wrote, it just happened and it felt exactly right. Reflecting back on our three-year friendship, I realized I had always been drawn to her in a way I wasn't with other friends. But until that trip, it had never crossed my mind to think of her in a romantic sense. Yeah, she went on, although the relationship with my friend was often referenced in the media as merely a summer fling or same-sex affair, it was so much more than that. This was a profound journey of self-discovery. For the first time, I listened to myself, forgot about the norm and lived. Yeah, it's a really lovely piece. As I said, definitely worth reading. Now, of course, so many of us remember (laughs) that by early October, it became clear that Miley had moved on with close friend Cody Simpson. Cotty Simpson. Yeah, friend of the show, (laughs) Cotty Simpson. The two had been friends for years with Cody Simpson telling GQ in 2015, she was one of his best friends. He said at the time, Miley is one of my best friends and she helps with some of that transitional stuff, trying to escape your childhood. She is super open-minded and I'm working on becoming more like that. Yeah, one of the earliest signs these these two were an item was actually when they were pictured kissing while getting acai bowls in LA. Very LA. Yeah. Now the day after the kiss was made public, Miley posted a statement to her social media platforms calling out people who were slut shaming her for dating a couple of people while her divorce was going through. Do you remember witnessing some of the slut shaming? I do remember the general sense being like Miley jumps around a lot. Yeah. Was that the sense that you had from online commentary? Yeah, and really kind of holding myself to account here. I probably felt like that a little bit back when this all unfurled. I think I was kind of witnessing this flip-flopping between two separate personalities again and I didn't know what to make of it and certainly there was snarkiness online that Miley didn't deserve. I mean, she's not directly hurting anyone by just living her life and I think as Caitlin Carter just said, she was letting go of the norm and just living and that's her right to do so. Yeah, absolutely. What was really interesting is Miley responded to this really quickly both on Instagram and Twitter with Mm. a statement. She said, I know the public feels invested in my past relationship because they felt like they saw it through from the beginning. I think that's why people have always felt so entitled over my life and how I live it because they've watched me grow up. But I am grown now and I make choices as an adult knowing the truth, details, reality. Men, especially successful ones, are rarely slut-shamed. They move on from one beautiful woman to the next most times without consequence. I am trying to just thrive slash survive in a man's world. If we can't beat him, join him. If our president can grab him by the pussy, can't I just have a kiss and a sigh bowl? I love that so much. It's a really, really brilliant statement. Yeah, for sure. She also said this dating thing is new to me too. I've never been an adult slash grown-ass woman experiencing this. I was in a committed relationship for almost all my teen years and 20s, with the exception of a few breaks. And meeting slash trusting people in my position is really tough. Don't fucking pity me, not what I'm asking for. I have a great life. I wouldn't trade it for privacy, but please don't make this awkward for me. I thought it was a really well done statement because she was like, I think a lot of people really checked themselves straight away being like, yeah, fuck, everyone's being a 
bit harsh or a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, and I'm being a dick and I need to check myself. Absolutely. And that sense of like, I have a great life. Don't pity me, but also please don't make this awkward for me. Like I'm trying to sort this out. This is a woman who is entering her sort of mid to late 20s, trying to work out who she wants to be with forever after being with the same person on and off for nearly 10 years. Like that is an incredible thing to try and navigate. Absolutely. People really loved this statement from Miley and were happy that she was happy. But by the end of the month, sentiment did sort of turn when she alienated a whole heap of her queer fans with comments she made on an Instagram live. Yeah, so in that Instagram live, Miley told hundreds of thousands of viewers this. She said, there are good men out there, guys, don't give up. You don't have to be gay. There are good people with dicks out there. You've just got to find them. You've got to find a dick that's not a dick, you know. I always thought I had to be gay because I thought all guys were evil, but it's not true. There are good people out there that just happen to have dicks. I've only met one and he's on this live, obviously referring to Cody Simpson. Now, the backlash to this was intense and deservedly so. Some people were incredibly offended, but I think what made that offence even more hypercharged was the blind side here. Miley Cyrus for so long had been such a vocal supporter and member of the LGBTIQ plus community. For her to now say something as damaging as, you don't need to be gay or I thought I had to be gay... It's just so unexpected. You can imagine it would just feel like a dagger to your heart if this is someone who helped you come out or made you feel welcome. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt betrayed, especially considering the fact that in 2015, Miley did establish a not-for-profit called the Happy Hippie Foundation, which focused both on youth homelessness and the LGBTIQ plus community. So as you say, there was an element of blindside to it. Former Guardian writer Rosie Percy responded in a tweet, Miley, this is so not it. Women don't have to be gay because they can't find a good person with a dick. Don't use the queer community as a stopgap because you couldn't find a boyfriend. People aren't queer because they gave up on men. This is so insulting. Miley had to come out with an apology and quite quickly she wrote, I was talking shit about sucky guys, but let me be clear, you don't choose your sexuality. You are born as you are. It has always been my priority to protect the LGBT community I'm a part of. Happy Monday. Now, perhaps we weren't talking about celebrity apologies and analysing them to the level we do in 2022 when this apology was given, but where's the I'm sorry part in that apology? Like you've made a lot of people feel very upset and you're just basically saying, you got it wrong. People have misinterpreted me. Happy Monday. Feels quite flippant, doesn't it? The happy Monday, particularly with an exclamation mark. Now, The relationship between Cody Simpson and Miley Cyrus was another really public one for Miley. I mean, I feel like the relationships she had at this time all kind of followed a similar thread, which I did kind of like. Like, I don't think she was surrounded by, and if she was, then... I'll admit that I'm wrong. But I don't think she was surrounded by an avalanche of PR people telling her to do things in a certain way or to tease things out in a certain manner like so many other celebrities. She lived or appeared to live very kind of quote-unquote authentically on social Mm. media because a lot of these relationships, particularly like the one with Cody Simpson, was unfolding in real time. They were creating videos together. They were very public together. It wasn't necessarily private as we've come to know celebrity relationships to be. This relationship seemed very fun. Like when I think of Miley and Cody, I will always think of their TikTok dancing and their TikTok videos. Like they had a very youthful best friend energy to their dynamic. Now on June 23rd in 2020, Miley actually did an interview with Variety where she spoke about drug use and the reasons that she was now sober. She said that originally she got sober because she had some pretty intense vocal surgery coming up and once she had gone sober it became a bit of a thing her quote read I've been sober sober for the past six months at the beginning it was just about this vocal surgery but I'd been thinking a lot about my mother my mum was adopted and I inherited some of the feelings she had the abandonment feelings and wanting to prove that you're wanted and valuable my dad's parents divorced when he was three so my dad raised himself I did a lot of family history which has a lot of addiction and mental health challenges so just going through that and asking why am I the way that I am by understanding the past we understand the present and the future so much more clearly I think therapy is great 
In that interview with Variety, she also referenced that now infamous quote of hers where when she was younger, she criticised anyone who had ever done weed. She said, one of my favourite interviews is when I say anyone that smokes weed is a dummy. That one I love to send to my parents who are big stoners every now and then. She also spoke of her sobriety and said, the thing that I love about it is waking up 100%, 100% of the time. I don't want to wake up feeling groggy. I want to wake up feeling ready. Yeah. By August though that year, so a couple of months after that interview, Miley and Cody did split. It happened around the same time that she released her single Midnight Sky. Perhaps it's a coincidence or we're reading too much into this, but the lyrics to Midnight Sky were, I was born to run, I don't belong to anyone, oh no, I don't need to be loved by you. I'm intrigued by this because uh, the two big breakups that we know of, you know, Liam and Cody, at least the most public ones, were almost immediately followed by a song. And I'm like, were these written and made very quickly? Like what's, how does the timing work with these things? Because it is a bit odd. Yeah, I definitely raise an eyebrow being like, are you trying to capitalise on the PR of your relationship breakdown? Are you tapping into kind of a well of creativity because the emotions are so heightened? Can it be both things at once? It's just curious timing for these relationships ending and then being immediately followed up with a single release. Yeah, I totally agree, which kind of brings us to now-ish. Like what has Miley been doing in the last sort of – year or so. And I think it's a really good question to be asking because I feel like we actually know a bit less about the ins and outs of Miley's life now than we did a couple of years ago. I mean, there are whispers she's dating a new guy called Max Mirando, a drummer, but nothing's ever really been confirmed. Yeah, she hasn't really been around. I mean, we've seen her do projects like that New Year's Eve special with Pete Davidson. But apart from that, we haven't gotten Miley the person very much. No, and I think given what we've been used to, right, over the last 10 years, this is about as going to ground as we're going to get from yeah. Miley. Like people might laugh at that and say, but of course she's still around. And it's like, yes, yes. But in comparison to what we've known of her in the news cycle before, she's pretty quiet. Yeah. Interestingly, there was a profile piece in Rolling Stone again in December 2020 where Miley gave some quotes that perhaps illuminated some things about why her marriage to Liam Hemsworth ended. Here's an interesting passage that really piqued our interest. She said, There's an idea that during that era of my life, I was pure. The media likes to have my hair or what I look like be the point of reference for my sanity. Hair's long and blonde. She's sane right now. She cannot be fucked up on drugs. It's when her hair is painted or she's growing out her armpit hair that she's on drugs. But she's got a man. She's living in a house playing wife. Dude, I was way more off my path at that time than any of the times before where my sanity was being questioned. It's a really interesting, smart, but also kind of curious quote because I agree completely with what she's saying. But the only thing I kind of want to level at her is that like, but you also played into that with that Younger Now album when she was saying like, I've calmed down and she's hugging love hearts and wearing a skirt that says love. It's like, I totally agree with you. But you weren't trying to tell us any other narrative either. Like we were just taking what we were being fed. Yeah, and you were directly telling us I'm not that person anymore. Like I want people to know I'm in a transition, I'm changing, I haven't done drugs in three weeks. And then when you look at interviews from three years before, she's constantly talking about drugs. So like, yes, we did this to you, but you've helped us do it. Yeah, it's like a bit of a both. I think there's fault on both sides, absolutely more fault with us. But definitely I think she could evaluate her own role with it too. There was an interesting line in that profile too, Mish, where the journalist said, it seems like you've never got as much respect as you have now. Does that mean anything to you? And she said, I think that I'm really embracing and everybody else is embracing too, that the music is a priority now. And I feel like generally this is very much the vibe that she is focusing on music and that the music is working. I think she's definitely become somewhat of a really respected rock musician. I'll never forget in September last year when she appeared on the Howard Stern Show. I don't know how the Howard Stern Show keeps coming back here. <laughs> alongside Elton John to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Metallica's Black Album. And it was there that Elton John spoke pretty incredibly of Marley's career as a rock artist. Here's a snippet. I talked to Miley and said, girl, you know, when this is all over, you've got to go out and get yourself a banner, just fucking rock people's asses off. Because <laughs> when I heard her sing Nothing Else Matters, I just couldn't believe it. That low voice that starts out. And then it just astonishing her voice. And 
you know, she's probably the best rock and roll singer out there without question. Yeah. I know it's been frustrating her because she can't because of COVID, but she's been itching to do this kind of shit for a long time and now she can and people are just going to be blown away by this. I think you just know how much that means to Miley yeah. Cyrus, it's, it's a huge compliment. A huge It's really honor. lovely. Yeah. yeah. So who is Miley Cyrus? I mean, we've just spoken about her for almost three hours, Zara. We have done weeks of research along with our beloved researcher, Justine Lances Hanley, to figure out who the hell Miley Cyrus is. And I think if you're trying to get to the heart of making sense of Miley Cyrus, this passage in that Rolling Stone profile might help you get there. She said... I have no idea how the fuck I'd want to be remembered. I'm a pretty wicked daughter. I think I'm fucking dedicated to my family. I feel like I've fought for what I really wanted, whether that's fighting for rights or against injustices or working with my foundation. I'd want to have been a trailblazer, but I think it's just really hard talking about it because I'm still here with so much left to do. I couldn't really tell you how I'd want to be remembered because all the things that I'd hopefully be remembered for haven't happened yet. I mean, knowing Miley Cyrus and knowing that this is only the first sort of 15 years of her career and she's not yet 30, there is clearly a lot to come. I can't quite make sense of her. I've not kind of researched a more evasive or confusing celebrity. Mm. I think there are definitely parts of Miley that aren't perfect. I mean, we, as you said, it's been nearly three hours of talking about her and there are some, you know, troubling things she's done and said and also some great things she's done and said. And I think for me it's like we probably, I don't want to psychoanalyse too much, but it's like maybe we can't work her out because she's still trying to figure it out. She's still in her 20s. Yeah, I think she's really still trying to carve an identity for herself that she feels Bits and maybe this time out, like time out in inverted commas yeah. again, from the public eye is what she needed to figure out what shape she wants to take in life, what the future is going to look like. I think it would be incredibly confusing growing up in the public eye. And I know we see this with a lot of child stars time and time again is being like trying to work out who you are. Like, are you the person that people think you are or are you someone else entirely and trying to kind of mould those things together would be incredibly confusing for your identity. Yeah. Incredibly. But that is all we've got time for for now. I know there's been a lot there. In the life and times of Miley Cyrus, I bet there's a whole heap more, (laughs) not just that's already happened that we weren't able to cover, but a lot still to come. Mish, I can't wait to hear what our listeners think about this. As always, we will be on Instagram at Shameless Podcast where we will have some photos from this last sort of third part of Miley's career. Yeah, we absolutely will. We'll also be on TikTok at Shameless underscore podcast if you want to check us out on there. Other than that, guys, thanks again to our researcher, Justine Landers-Hanley. Thanks for the team behind this podcast who make it possible. We will be back in your ears on Thursday. Can't wait. Bye. Bye.